This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, I'm Frank Proctor, your uh, sous chef of the garden. Hey, Frank. Uh, well, hello. Is your microphone on there? I don't. Oh, there, oh, it there is. you are. There you are. I I heard you now. <laughs> I can see you, so I know we're all together there. We're all here. <laughs> well, yes, it's Charlie Dobbins' garden show. She, the darling of the daisies. Mm, and well, I want to tell you, my favorite sous chef. I might point uh, out. Well, thank you. I was I was mentioning to David Gaskin, our producer, on the way. In, it's so darn windy out there this morning. I passed a chicken who laid the same egg three times. It was <laughs> really, really, yeah. Hmm. And you didn't watch. And there are people out there walking their dogs, saying, "Why the hell didn't I buy a gerbil?" You know, really. <laughs> and, but that's it was scary, uh, almost. You know, coming under, from the, the, the trees. house to the uh, you know the car because the trees were just woo going back and big winds. Big guys, yeah. So anyway. Um, Folks, don't try and carry a sheet of plywood across town. And not a good day and to do that. leave your no. parachutes at home. Right. And this being the garden show, I better get the mantra off and running here, okay? <laughs> call early, call often, one question per call. <laughs> yeah, there we go. See who I can catch today trying to sneak one in. Um, <laughs> phone numbers for those of uh, you in Toronto, it's 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, a couple of announcements. Yes. And then you're going to share with us your experience with your pussycat. Oh, yes. But um, here, a couple of things. Remember last week we had Tina Van Andel on the show yep. uh, as a, as a um, guest. And she was talking. She's the master gardener and she's right. in charge of special events. Mm. And she's in charge of what the master gardeners are doing down at Canada Blooms. And she was telling us about some of the various and sundry events, one of which is the Celebrity Trivia Reach for the Treetops Tournament. And it's happening on Sunday, March the 18th. She called me to let me know that she did make an error. Uh, I can't believe that, Abdina. Well, no, she said the time wrong. I've got 1130 written down. I think that's right. I think she said 1230 and she meant uh, to say 1130 okay. is what happened. So just if everybody wants to come f- to participate and ask tough questions, because that's where I will be competing against Dennis Flanagan, uh-huh. who, as you know, comes in here yes. as my, my yeah. fill-in host when he's available, when I'm not. Um, Paul Zamet, who you remember yes. from the Toronto Botanical Gardens, the horticultural director. And Ed Lawrence, who hosts the other radio garden show here in Ontario. Okay, well, okay. it sounds like a pretty uh, heavy lineup. There. It's going to be serious. I'm, I'm studying <laughs> up as we speak. So, room 105 at the Direct Energy Center, Sunday, March 18th, 11:30, and uh, yeah, at 1 p.m. that same day, I am on the big main stage doing a um, presentation as well. So crazy, hey, crazy golly. times. That's great. And Albert, who uh, Albert we met. Albert uh, Graves. Uh, thank you. I wanted to get to see him. Uh, oh. Two o'clock is his. 
performance, I think. Yeah, he's uh, on stage a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, he's just wild and wacky. Yeah. Big music. Sounds like big, a ton of fun. Big uh, dance event. And he's he's <laughs> he's a, a real wacky florist. He builds these huge bouquets. Like, they're so big. Yeah. They're, you can't, it's like a small Volkswagen. And then he gives it to somebody, you know. Take <laughs> and, this home. And they get a hernia carrying they, it out of there. Well, yeah. they're not heavy, but they're, you don't want to squ- You can't get through yeah. doors, right? You know, you break the bouquet getting through the door. It's, just, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> they're beautiful, but it's horrible. <laughs> what a backhanded compliment that was. Yes. Well, no, it's horrible because they get damaged. Okay. All right, a couple other quick and dirty things here. I've got all <laughs> kinds of events coming up, most of which are really coming up. Uh, so I'll keep them for the future. This Wednesday, March the 7th, the Riverdale Horticultural Society, they're hosting their monthly meeting. Yeah. Take note, normally the Riverdale Hort Society meets on the second Wednesday. This is happening on the first Wednesday of March. Uh, Yvonne Tremblay is the speaker. Her topic is cooking and tasting with herbs. You'll be wanting to go to that one, Frank. I certainly would. The location is the Frankland Community Center, 816 Logan Avenue, from 7 till 9 p.m. Everyone is welcome. And, of course, the center is fully wheelchair accessible. March 11th, so that would be a week from today, 1.30 in the afternoon, Echoes of Wild Places. Actually, that'd be a Sunday, I think. Oh, correct. This, right. Yeah. Well, isn't today the 3rd? Yeah. At so, 7 and we're at the 10th. 10th Good yeah. point. Yeah, 11th. So next Sunday, week tomorrow, Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society featuring Liz Knowles and the Echoes of Wild Places. 1.30 in the afternoon. Uh, the It's all about um, the constantly evolved, the, sorry, the talk is constantly evolving as we travel. This is some, the travel people are making this presentation. Who they go to all different destinations. They are all about um, when they got up to make one of the presentations. Somebody in the audience went, "Oh no, not another travel talk!" Right? You know these, oh, geez, these speakers yeah. and all their great showing your slides. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like seeing somebody's yeah home videos. So not another travel talk. But instead, Liz Knowles focuses on plants that she has seen in the wild that will grow in our gardens in southern Ontario. Oh, that's kind of neat. Okay. So of course, what it's all about is seeing these plants growing in their native habitats, which helps us learn how we can place them in our gardens right. better and more effectively. So good speaker and good information. 1.30 p.m. You're going to say, where does this happen? I'm You're frantically looking here. Oh, like it, crazy. Yes, it does happen at the Toronto Botanical Garden. So week tomorrow, TBG, 1.30, Liz Knowles, Echoes of Wild Places, the Ontario Rock Garden and Herdy Plant Society. Okay, quick update on Dickens and my cat. Yes. Last uh, week, we had a, a terrific little tip passed on by one of our listeners. Uh, whose name escapes me. Carol. Right? Carol, thank you very much. No problem. Uh, doing a jigsaw puzzle, and uh, Dickens, <laughs> of course, wants to lay right on the darn jigsaw puzzle <laughs> and stretch and, you know, do all that and knock the pieces on the floor. So Carol suggested putting a piece of, uh, or a bounce sheet. Mm-hmm. or Dryer sheet. Dryer sheet, sheet yeah, yeah. Uh, on the uh, puzzle. So I tried that. Mm. And? and he laid right on it. <laughs> he just got up there rolled and laid around. And rolled around. So I finally, it did work, sort of, because I picked it up and waved it in front of his face so they got peed off with me and jumped <laughs> up, you know? But, you were bugging him. Yeah. Maybe but his sense of smell has gone I was going to say, do you think maybe he's missing well, something he's 12, there? Olfactory know. systems aren't quite up to snuff? That could be, well, well be it. Uh, Try him on some catnip. Yeah. See if he smells that. 
Oh, Ooh. never thought of that. <laughs> okay. Well, we, hey, look, we got to bust right along here because, right. my gosh, uh, the time is a waste, and then there are folks who are waiting uh, here in the Garden Show. We'll be back with Charlie Dobbin on AM740 Zoomer Radio's Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You picked the right right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we go, just in time for Lukoff there. Good for you. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're zipping right along here, getting to the phone lines, and uh, thank you very much, folks, for calling in. First caller, let's go to Eva in Innisfil. Hello, Eva. Good morning to you. Good morning. You. And I would like to ask... Uh, a question which one probably would have been asked uh, in the last couple of weeks from somebody else, but I didn't have a chance to listen to the radio. Um, I have two trees, a maple tree and uh, a white birch, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering when is the best time to trim it and how often I have to do that. Great question, actually. Uh, How old are these trees? Are they big old trees? Uh, (laughs) This is planted... When my grandkids were born, so it's 10 and 13. Mm, and you've done no trimming at all in that time? I didn't do it so far, and it looks like that the white birch branches are starting to turn over, you know? Yeah. Bending it, over. Well, and it's normal. Birches will often have little tips that die back or, or little branches that don't survive the winter. What I would do, two things. One is maple and birch we never trim in the spring. Because if we trim them too early, they drip all kinds of sap. Yeah. So we wait until late spring, early summer, could be June, could be even sort of late June, early July when you're trimming these plants. However, you can always remove dead wood from a plant at any time of year. Hard to tell at this time of year what's dead, but once all the leaves and green buds start to, to fatten up, when you're, when you're clear on anything that's dead on the birch, if you can reach it and you have nice sharp pruners, then certainly don't hesitate to remove anything that's dead uh, that, like I say, you can reach. It's, it's, it's hard to reach because it's very tall, it's right. at least. 24 feet. Oh, okay, wow. yeah, so that you're not reaching that. So, but uh, the, the branches are not dead. They're just turn, yeah. folding over. So they're soft, and, and birches, um, that's one of the ways they survive big wind like this, is they're soft like willows, right? They just break? The tips break? No, no, they and, don't. Well, uh, every now and then I find some dry, uh, dry one, but that's yeah. fine, you know, like it's normal. I can yeah. understand that. Exactly. But for any t- trimming of big trees, um, and certainly 10, 13-year-old trees should have some, some proper trimming done on them to thin the crown to open up the crown to remove anything that's dead or diseased or or actually damaging other branches you bring in a certified arborist yeah unfortunately i caught somebody and the person was ready to trim it right now and i says i don't think so i'm going to check it with you <laughs> yeah you don't want to be trimming those right now no that's not this is not the time to trim either of those trees and he was He's an arborite. <laughs> right. So you say, show me your certificate or yeah. show me where you are. Um, it's go. The, do you have access to the web, to the Internet? Uh, yes, I do. Um, the website is www.is, yeah. as in Sam, a, isa.com, 
which okay. is the stands for the International Society of Arborists. Okay. And anybody who is registered and certified as an arborist will be listed by location on the website. Oh, that's a good idea. So in your neighborhood in Innisfil, you should be able to go to that website, go to Innisfil area, and find certified person to do the work for you. Of course, always get a quote in advance, or at least an estimate in advance, and and recognize that proper trimming of our trees to keep them healthy should happen every five, six, seven years for the entire life of the trees. So, and starting right about now, if not sooner, at about the 10-year point, every five, six years, budget to bring an arborist onto the property to do the, the correct trimming and perhaps deep root feeding and whatever needs to be done to keep those trees healthy, happy, and, and you know, really thriving for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I have that address again? So I, mm-hmm. S as in Sam, yeah. A. Yeah. That's it. And dot com. Dot com. com. Yep. Okay. Okay. And I that, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Well, thank you, Eva. Hope Bye that for helps. Bye bye. Take care of your trees. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> Take care of your trees. Take care of That's those the mantra trees. today. Uh, just before we go to our next caller, actually, uh, is so close to our little break time. Going to have uh, Sylvia just hang tight for just a moment or so uh, while I get loose. Because <laughs> here I get come. down. I am the John Travolta of the studio. <laughs> I'm up and I'm dancing. Oh, I thought you were going to put why. your cape huh? on with all this wind. Well, you were going to oh, go for I a flying. <laughs> I know why, Frank. Yes, I know why. Yes. You've been taking your Sierra Silva. I have. And you're feeling good. I'm feeling great. Limber. Tickety-boo. Dancing. <laughs> no yeah. pain. Joints are in just yeah. nice and oiled up and ready to go. We were talking about tap dancing and your sister. I bet you she probably takes Sierra Silva as well. Yeah, my sister Francie, 80, and she's dancing like crazy. Tap she's dancing. Tap dancing. Yeah. All right. Sierra Silva is something that both Frank and I take. Very simple mineral supplement daily. Uh, keeps us limber, keeps us dancing, keeps us gardening, uh, and keeps us laughing. <laughs> you can purchase it on the web, sierrasill.ca. You can also purchase it at many local retailers. Here in Ontario, there are health food stores all over the place. Uh, Hooper's Pharmacy in Brampton now carries Sierra Sill. Uh, and the Stone Store in Guelph also carries Sierra Sill, or you can give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yeah, no other station will have her. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Proctor, along for the right here. I'm kidding. Uh, Look who's talking. I was going to say, little bugs, big bugs. (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, I'm going to get bugged here by Sylvia in Toronto, Mm -hmm. who's been waiting in the line to talk about nematodes. Is Mm -hmm. that right, Sylvia? Yes, good morning to you both. Good morning. Every day. You make a great team. Well, (laughs) we have a ton of fun here. uh, No, what I wanted to ask was... um, we ha- we were thinking of replacing our backyard lawn mm-hmm. because for years the next door has had a huge blue spruce and we've always seemed to have trouble with the needles. So last year they cut it down. Mm. So we had it tilled. Well, the, when they were going to work on it, we had that very wet week that went just like mud. Mm-hmm. And mm. then after, it got too hot to do it. So we're thinking of getting it done in the spring. And I'm wondering if you could tell us when would be the best time to start. And on one of your programs, you spoke about nematodes, is it? Nematodes. Nematodes. Mm. Now, do you think we should 
uh, like kind of put some of them in in case there are any bugs before we resod or not? Um, Frank loves the nematode question. Uh, well, I, 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 the only thing I know about nematodes, really, is that they're available uh, at uh, garden centers and so forth. They're stored in the fridge. They're mixed with water. But the time is most important when you apply it, and that yeah. is in late July, early August. Oh, uh, so and we, put the, we yeah. do the lawn, resod, and then do it in that's July right. or August just in case? That's right. Great idea. Good. Great idea. Do your, do your sodding in the spring, though. Yeah, and what time do you, when do you think you should start the sodding? We well, already tilled it, well, like last year, but I suppose we'll have to have it done again, you know. Not necessarily. The, no? The, what I would probably do is just wait till obviously, everything is thawed, and right. wait till the soil is dry enough that when you make a, uh, hold a clump of soil in your hand, make a fist, let, open your hand, it doesn't, the soil doesn't stay in a round little ball in your hand. Oh, if, okay. if it does, it's still too wet to work. Just right. wait till it's dry enough that that little ball falls open in your hand, as soil should. Then you can get out there, rake it all level, and get that little bit of starter fertilizer down, Good. and the, the, the sod will go right in on top. Thank you very much. Excellent. And thank yeah. you for letting me display my one little bit of knowledge that I do have, Sylvia, and made my morning. You're breath after your exercise. No, that's right. <laughs> have a great day. Thank Thanks for joining much. the show. Keep okay. Up your good work. Thank Bye. you. 925 here at AM 740 Zoomer Radio as we welcome Pauline from Toronto to the line. Good morning, Pauline. Good morning. I'm calling uh, regarding a clivia plant, mm-hmm. which is sometimes, I think, referred to also as a kapur lily. I don't know if uh, I'm ca- a kaffir, kaffir, K- yes, K-A-F-F-I-R, yeah. Yeah, so I, I brought this plant about eight years ago at the Richmond Hill plant sale for 50 cents, and I've raised it to uh, an adult plant and beautiful leaves, mm-hmm. and the past couple of years it has, st- and I know you're not supposed to move them, so I leave it where it is, mm-hmm. and, um, and it has a west window. Okay. And um, and I've read everything I can about them, and I find sometimes, you know, information in different books mm-hmm. is a bit contradictory. Exactly, yep. One says it blooms in December, and I've mostly seen them blooming around May. Yes. So right now mine is blooming, mm. but my problem is, and I had one about 30 years ago, and I had the same problem. The flower is in between the leaves, and it's not the stem. It doesn't have a stem where it's coming up. It's like stuck. It doesn't elongate. The flower stem doesn't elongate. It flowers down inside the leaves. Right. And about 30 years ago, what I did with one is when it was doing that, I had this Schultz 10, 15, 10. Mm -hmm. So I just gave it three direct drops, and it came right up. Mm. So I tried that again now, but, but they're not coming up. Okay, so a couple of things. It's, uh, the question of when they flower has to do with the light levels. Because you have that plant in the western window, it's getting good light. Mm-hmm. You are seeing flowering now. If you had it in a lower light situation in your house, it wouldn't flower till summer, mm-hmm. where you would then hopefully take it outside and it would flower. So well, that's... one time I had put it on, my, like I have a balcony off, mm-hmm. off of my front room in the west window, 
and I had put it there one summer, but I found the sun burned the leaves, so I don't put it out anymore. Right. Well, when we go straight outside, that you're absolutely right. That can happen. Uh, so, bottom line, the elongation of the flower stem is connected to a couple of things. One is watering, and the other is, as you point out, fertilizing. So you have added some fertilizer to the pot in the last week or so, it sounds right. like. Right. Like, I was going to start fertilizing, um, you know, the end of February. Mm-hmm. And then the flowers appeared. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I thought it was kind of early for it to flower. No, it's like I say, it's just, it's all connected to the light levels. And we have had a bright winter. We've had some very blue skies and lots Mm -hmm. of good light. So that's really what it's more connected to than anything. Water thoroughly when you water. Uh, Don't keep the plant constantly moist because it likes to dry out in between. And that's what I've been doing, watering thoroughly and keeping it dry in between. Yep, and do exactly what you suggested, which is to start fertilizing in late February, which you didn't do, but of course now it's March. You have done some fertilizing. Carry on with what you're doing. I think you'll find that you can definitely turn the plant in the window, you know, Mm -hmm. 180 degrees. I did that this morning. Good, good. And I think you'll find that it will elongate with some some proper watering. If it doesn't, um, then I'm going to report back and see if I can come up with any other tips for you. But because it's not a highly unusual problem. I have seen it before, and I don't know exactly the best way to avoid it other than, as you've said, fertilizer, water, lots of light. Yes. Okay. I'm getting ready to choke it. <laughs> I know it's frustrating because the flowers are gorgeous when they happen. Yeah, it's got a whole cluster of yeah, them at and, the base. And they just get all like they don't ever uh, enlarge the way they should if, yes, they, if exactly. the stem doesn't elongate. The problem so. is, is, is the length. Yep. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Okay, bye-bye. Always a pleasure to speak for, well, to everybody on the show. Yeah. I don't think there's one person who's ticked me off today. Not yet, eh? (laughs) Not yet, Uh, but... but, There's still time. uh, Yes, right. We've got a lot of show to go yet. But first, I'm going to introduce you to somebody special. Oh, oh. I have got a special Mm. guest lined up here. I didn't tell you right off the top. It's a surprise. (laughs) The special guest is, again, somebody who is currently affiliated with Canada Blue. Her name is Sarah Jamison. She runs a very funky shop in Toronto called Sweet Peas. But the backstory, how I met Sarah and why we've got her on the radio today, is I was doing a presentation at the Toronto Botanical Gardens back in 2010 in March as part of one of the spring events. And the audience was all there and they were enjoying the presentation. And there was one very enthusiastic person in the crowd who at the end of the presentation put up her hand and said, how can I get involved with Canada Blooms? How can I come and volunteer? She was so enthusiastic and vivacious and energetic. I went, let me give you my email address, and you just send me a quick email, and we'll, we'll get you down there. Yeah, cheap sure. labor. Of course, you're right onto it. I, I yeah. love cheap labor, and, and good cheap labor is the best, right? So sure enough, Sarah. this was Sarah. She showed up that year. She volunteered every single day of, of both the building of the show and the tearing down of the show. She was great. She was, like, I still enthusiastic yeah. and just well, that's great. Great, a great person. Really liked having her there. So, of course, last year, Sarah what days are you coming to volunteer? And she goes, oh, no, I'm not volunteering. I'm putting in a flower arrangement as part of the uh, one of the displays. Okay, fine, we're going to miss you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we didn't see her as a volunteer. Well, this year, Sarah is back not only putting in a big flower installation, which she's going to tell us about, but she's also putting in a small garden, which is quite a large thing to take on. So we've I've got Sarah on the line. Hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. Hey, hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. good. This is Frank. 
Hi, Frank. Hi, Sarah. Nice to have you on the show. So Sarah runs a lovely little shop called Sweet Peas. And when she told me a little bit about her shop, she said, you know, it's one of those things that she's not really qualified to do any of the things she does, but she just loves, she's very creative and, as I said, energetic and pulls these things off. So tell us a little bit about the shop that you've got, uh, the Sweet Peas shop. The Sweet Peas shop. So Sweet Peas is kind of like my little love child, I guess. Is uh, I've taken all the little aspects of my life and managed to put it all together in one shop. So uh, my background's in interior design and marketing and sort of anything creatively based, um, event management and stuff like that. I'll sort of, trust me, running a shop and running your own business is an ongoing yeah. major event. Yeah. Um, but also just, I grew up around gardening. My mom was a master gardener. My grandmother was an avid gardener. And so this gives me the opportunity to be around plants and flowers and anything sort of natural and beautiful all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the shop itself is this sort of wonderful mix of sort of antique vintage finds and then little pieces of bling and crystal and antique wow. chandeliers. It's a really fun little place. Now, Sarah, w- w- where uh, I'd love to take a peek at your posies. So where <laughs> are you located? Peek at your posies. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Frank. Don't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> we're over on Ronsi Sales, so yeah. we're part of the sort of the, the rebirth of Ronsi, which is a big focus of the actual feature garden itself. Mm, that you're doing okay. in Canada Blooms. Yeah. So wait, so first tell us where your shop is, and then we'll go to Canada Blooms. We're at 163 Roncesvalles Avenue. Mm-hmm. Ironically, we sit right between Garden and Fern, so it's kind of hard to, to miss us. Garden and Fern <laughs> Avenues, Fern. and your website is? Is uh, sweetpeablooms.ca. Sweetpeablooms.ca. But for, okay, now, the whole Roncy connection, yeah. the rebirth of Roncy. So the, the little garden that you've got planned, and I was showing, Frank, your uh, proposal, your, your um, storyboard propo- proposal. Very creative. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so tell, tell us, tell our listeners, and Frank, because he looked at this and said, I don't, I'm not I really don't getting this. So he said, I said, she's really creative. She's going to pull this off. So <laughs> tell us the plan. It's a, it's a small space. It's 20 by 15, I think. Yeah, uh, 20. I hope it's 20 by 20. Because oh, better. Okay. Measurements okay, I hope, I hope you're right and I'm wrong, right? 20 by um, 20. 20 by 20. So the whole idea <laughs> is that we're looking at sort of the history of Ronsi and paying homage to that, looking and sort of, I guess, is, is sort of finding a, a, a unique way of showing the construction and sort of what Ronsi is becoming. So, I mean, the rebirth of Ronsi was very much a community-driven event. Um, we are sort of like a small town, and, and we're a very special little area of Toronto, so mm-hmm. I wanted to feature that. We have everything from, like, you know, old traffic pylons and, and sort of a throwback to showing some of the construction to sort of this beautiful herringbone uh, stone pattern uh, floor kind of thing that's going to be going on. But we're trying to have lots of trees and lushness and color while still having little pieces of Ronsi. So everything from film reels up at the Review to, you know, riverbanks of coffee beans, uh, we have... Um, representing some of the cafes in the area. Yeah, exactly. And it's just finding all these little nooks and crannies of Ronsi and uh, everything from painted bicycle posts, which is kind of this weird, quirky thing that uh, the community got into, and TTC posts, because we're very much into our wonderful... uh, Public transit. Public transit system and everything like that. So we're really trying to bring a little bit of Ronsi down to Canna Blooms. And it's the community. It's all about the people and the community. Oh, yeah. That's how we got involved. Uh, one of the wonderful things is that, you know, we have books and everything like that that are actually built into our wall because of the High Park Library, and a lot of those books came from donations from our Facebook followers. And so it's been a really positive thing to see sort of 
the community as a whole coming in and, and providing us with stuff that we can use in the garden. Isn't that great? I'm delighted that uh, people like you do this sort of thing because Toronto is such a multicultural uh, city, but there are the, the little enclaves, Pockets, yeah, yeah, like Kensington Market and that sort of thing, and Rossesville, beautiful uh, mm-hmm. area, and very much a friendly place, obviously. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows everybody down here. Like I said, <laughs> it is a small town, so uh, it's pretty hard to walk down the street and not have people come up and, and say hello and ask how your day is going and, and talk to you about your dogs or ask about the baby and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's yeah. a wonderful place to live. So, so that's neat. So your garden, your 400-square-foot garden, is paying homage, as we said, to, to this community and this history and, and all the, the wonderful people that support your shop that's right there as part of it. Also, you are doing a flower arrangement yeah, at Canada Blooms. I think we're one of the only companies down there that's doing it, so it's it's quite the undertaking. Um, so a big part of Sweet Peas is that we have a, a split between our landscaping division, which is how we started, mm-hmm. um, which is all eco-friendly and power tool free. And then we also have uh, a flower studio that's actually considered one of the best in Toronto, and it has an eco-friendly focus. So we're being provided this amazing space from, from Canada Blooms, which is, you know, 8 feet by 5 feet by 12 feet high. And rather than just doing a standard sort of large-scale arrangement, we're putting in a full installation. We have uh, a custom greenhouse roof being uh, put together for us. We're going to sort of fill it almost like a terrarium. We've got one of the beautiful... Uh, Birch trees that Charlie's been growing. <laughs> and, uh, it's going to grow up through the greenhouse. Go up through the greenhouse yeah. along with florals, and we've got some really great vintage finds, and uh, all the way down to we're angling to get a, a full antique crystal chandelier somehow involved in this as well. <laughs> well, those of you who are going to Canada Blooms, this sounds like a must-see display, boy. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think it'll be one of those you-can't-miss displays. <laughs> yeah. Because, as, as Sarah was saying, we have an area, it's right in the center of the show, right in the center of Canada Blooms, where the florists are provided these five mm-hmm. by eight by 12 foot tall spaces. And quite typically, the different florists will put in a kind of a traditional fl- flower arrangement. But, of course, leave it to Sarah to fill that entire <laughs> space. And I think there's a 10 or 12 different what we call professional florists filling those areas. And they're usually very photogenic uh, displays and, and installations. So that's that's pretty neat. And I love the whole idea of the, the eco-friendly, um, Sarah. You really, that's part of your mission of your of your shop, isn't it? a huge part of what we do. Yeah. Um, the, the floral industry is a very hard one to be eco-friendly in. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from just the volume of waste that we go through um, to the packaging and all that kind of stuff is on average, quite wasteful. And the carbon footprint of bringing in roses from Venezuela. Exactly. So what we look at as as a shop itself is we try and buy locally whenever possible, especially in the wonderful months where we've got, you know, peonies and dahlias mm-hmm. and everything like that that's coming from, like, we actually go down to the, the main terminal where the growers themselves bring them to us and we can sort of talk to them and find out about what's going on with them and how things are growing. So we have all of that coming into the shop. We use biodegradable cellophane, biodegradable bags, um, all the packing material that all the really cool gifts and stuff that we have come in, we reuse that into our packing material for for when we send out arrangements. So it's not uncommon for people to go and they get this beautiful, well-dressed, beautiful box with mm-hmm. you know, satin ribbon and everything. Mm-hmm. But when they actually open up the arrangement inside, it's all being stuffed and secured in with, you know, some bubble wrap, <laughs> a little bit of, you know, recycled newspaper. Some exactly. straw. <laughs> Whatever some we leaves. happen to have that holds it in place. <laughs> 
so that again we encourage everybody to to bring in their own vases. We're we're really trying to make yeah. Sure that we- I love that idea. Bring in your own vase so that because that's often a big deal, right? You you know you'd be buying all these glass vases. People are inheriting and they pile up, and then what do you do with all these sort of glass vases in the in the cupboard? Or the the naked stems come in, and then people don't know how to cut the stems properly, and the arrangements exactly. don't last. So yeah. by bringing in the vase, you can certainly extend the longevity of the arrangements. Well, also, our designers can design within the space that it's actually going to be seen in. And mm-hmm. we have designed in everything from, you know, old vintage teacups mm-hmm. to somebody actually brought in a set of antlers one day. Oh, no and kidding. we're just like, okay. <laughs> um, really? One of our favorite things, actually, was there was a, a woman that came in and she was putting together a funeral arrangement for her grandfather. And she brought us in this really great graduated cylinder with, you know, Kodiak written across the side of it, or uh, Kodak written yeah, across the yeah. side. And uh, it was that her grandfather just loved photography, and yeah. this was one of the things that he used in his dark room. So we did his floral arrangement for his funeral and that, and, and it was just something really special and wow, unique. Wow, isn't that neat? Well, it's a pretty special shop. Thank you, Sarah, and you're a pretty special person. Oh, well, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> so I will see you in about a week, but in the meantime, people can find you on Facebook? Yes, Facebook's the best way to find us because yep. we always have new stuff, new arrangements, little updates about the uh, <laughs> the petting zoo that would be our, our shop animals. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. And just in general, we have a, a really good following there. And so under Sweet Peas or Sweet Pea Blooms? Sweet Pea Blooms on Facebook. Okay, so Sweet Pea Blooms on Facebook or sweetpeablooms.ca on the web. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Sarah. Nice meeting you, Sarah. See you in a week. Bye, Frank. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye. You were right. She's a delight. I know, isn't she? Can't you just hear that enthusiasm? Just full of enthusiasm and and, uh, all sorts of good stuff going on there with the the environmental uh, approach and so forth. Well, she talked about her petting zoo. Like like in, in what she had emailed me, she even mentioned, you know, not only do they do all this biodegradable packaging, yeah. even the, the animals are recycled, you know, because they've all, <laughs> they've all come from various rescue situations. Oh, great. Uh, so yeah. she's got dogs, she's got cats, she's, you know, got a quite, I guess, more, a bigger collection all the time of um, rescued animals. Sweet pea blooms and zoo. That yeah, sounds right. good to me. Okay. Hey, we've got to move along here. We've got a person waiting on the line we'll get to very shortly, Carl in St. Catharines. Thanks for holding on uh, through the interview there, but most interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shall, uh, we shall, Charlie shall return <laughs> to the airwaves well, here. We well, shall. along with me, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll, I've got time just to give the phone numbers here because we have time for one or two more calls uh, following Carl. 416 40 in Toronto, and then anywhere else in the province, don't pay a penny, we pick up the charge. 1-866-740-4740. The Garden Show from AM740. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM740. Well, there's my uh, your little cardinal. cardinals, my little flying cardinal. in. Yes, shy uh, birds, cardinals. That's what they, they say, shy birds. They don't sound it. I know. <laughs> you get well, one outside your bedroom window at five in the morning, and you want to kill it. Anyway, oh, no, no, never. no, 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 no. You You're kidding. Away. Yeah, I shoo, am yes. Oh, shoe fly. <laughs> <laughs> Carl in Saint Catharines. Hi, and welcome to the show, Carl. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Good morning. I got a question, and uh, I've never grown tubers, begonias before, but uh-huh. I brought about uh, 40 seedlings last year, okay. and I made about 20 basket or hanging baskets out of it. Just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, I got tubers out of it, but they were no bigger than my thumbnail. Mm-hmm. I put them away, but uh, 
they're, they're, they've sprouted. So I put them in pot, in uh, small pots, and they're uh, they're coming along good. Perfect. Now I'm wondering for next year. Are mm-hmm. these tubers still going to be good next year? Oh yeah, they're just going to be bigger. Instead of being the size of your the thumbnail, they're going to be the size of two thumbnails. Because I, I read, had an article once, and it says that you can't uh, force them the second time. Well, some bulbs you can't force the second time, so I just wondered about the tubers. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not really forcing them. When you force a plant, it means that you grow it out of its natural season. Right now, you're, you are encouraging your plants to grow in their natural season. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the fact that they started to sprout, you recognize that, you've potted them up, the little stems are above ground, the little roots are going below ground, they're going to grow on your windowsill until we're frost-free, you're going to put them out for the summer, as the days start to get shorter and the nights start to get cooler, those plants are going to start to slow down uh, and store the, you know all kinds of energy into those tubers, and eventually you're going to bring them in the house, you know, take unpot them, they will be completely dormant at that time, you might get a light frost in order for that to happen. You'll store them frost-free for the winter and grow them again the following year. Don't misunderstand. What forcing is when you bring home a pot of daffodils right now from the grocery store. They have been forced. They did not grow in their natural season. The daffodils are not actually growing outside yet. Then when they grow in and you're buying them in the grocery store, they've been forced to grow out of their natural season, and you can't force them again. But you can put them outside, and they will grow in their natural season. Mm. Will they multiply, or just the same tubers? The tubers will get larger, which means the plants will get bigger, and that you'll have more flowers every year as the tubers get bigger. They're not easy to split, but sometimes they will naturally um, grow a little baby off the side of the tuber, or sometimes you'll get more than one tuber in the pot when you dig them up at the end of the year. Uh, so, yeah, you don't necessarily get more plants, you just get bigger plants. Oh, very good. All right. Sounds, sounds like you're doing the right stuff, Carl. Yeah, it sounds like you've got it totally under control. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to get about 25 tubers out of the 40 that I got. That's well, great. Good stuff, good average. Good for you, yeah, exactly, good for okay. you. Okay, thank you very much for the call. Thanks, uh, Carl. Carl. Well, that reminds me, too, yep. I've got dahlias in my fridge. I should probably be checking on those. It's uh, the exact same uh, idea, right? <laughs> dahlias in my fridge. Dahlias in my fridge. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Eva from Innisville. Isn't it the same Eva who called in earlier? Call early, call, call often. often. One question per call. But, uh, hello, Eva? Yes, it's not often happens that I get through twice. Good. I once. <laughs> I would like to ask you if you're going to be down on the home show, not the, the the garden show, but the home show. Well, the National Home Show and Canada Blooms are on together in the same building for the same dates, March 16th. So to the home show is tr- going to be the same time as the garden show? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that yeah. because they usually advertising it separately. It, yeah, they, you're absolutely right. They're two different shows, but they're on at the Direct Energy Center at Exhibition Place at the same time. Oh, perfect. And one ticket gives you access to both shows. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, two and for the I would like to ask you, it's always keeping me the name of the bush, what you have. They call it the Christmas bush. They have that little red berries. Uh, holly, maybe? Yeah, the holly. Yep. I have holly bushes in the last, I would say, 8 to 10 years. And they're not dying out, but they're the same size. They're not mm. growing. How, do you ever fertilize them or yeah. amend the soil around them? Do you ever? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I feed them every fall time. I put soil mixed up with the peat moss. 
Oh, good. Okay. And uh, on the springtime, I dig around it and I put in some mulch, like leftover coffee uh, grinds and and uh, eggshells and those mixtures mm-hmm. I collected in the winter time. Yep. And I put it in with mixed up a little bit soil again. And That's it's good. Not growing. Well, it could be partially where you are. You're right on the edge of the hardiness of holly. Holly is a zone five plant, and you're in Innisfil, so you are in zone five. So okay. depending on if they're exposed to a fair amount of cold northwest wind. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, it's um, it's uh, swamp behind me with a lot of trees. Mm, yeah, well, that's so okay. I'm they like partially th- with no. Like the wind is cut down, which is down. good. That's mm-hmm. why they're probably doing as well as they are. For because number one, you you're in a good spot to protect them from the wind. What you're doing in the spring, all that top dressing with organic matter is perfect. So yeah. keep doing that. That's what's keeping them healthy. Um, I I wouldn't be overly concerned if they aren't growing a lot. It just means you don't have to trim them, right? They just they yeah, look well, good year it's round. Just staying the same yeah. little one when I bought it about eight or ten years yeah. ago. <laughs> well, they aren't an easy plant to really get to thrive in our gardens. They they do like you've you've recognized the peat moss is important organic material is important and um, yeah I wouldn't be overly worried but you know in most cases they just don't thrive they just shrivel up and turn brown and yours are staying green though they're not growing a lot I wouldn't be overly concerned yeah so it's going to be the same size for the rest of my life right? maybe <laughs> maybe you never know with such such a mild winter this year you may see a big sprout of growth this coming season just from the mildness of the winter oh really yeah that's because certainly I possible I only saw them uh, getting the red berry maybe a couple of times. That's another thing. You yeah. know, they're not bringing the berries either. Well, there's girl plants and boy plants. So oh, only the girls get the, the berries, and you need a boy around to pollinate <laughs> in order to get the berries. See, I we are important. Not we... really. Boys are just handy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. For me, never mind the plants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Eva. Uh, stay on the line. David's going to get your number, and we'll, we'll do a little uh, search for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for a fella. All righty. Thank you very much, Eva, from Innisville. And we do have to take a little break here. It's 9.51. Hey, wait a minute. I'm going to up. Down, up, down. <laughs> That's my one eyelid. Now, left eye, up, down, up, I down. Tell you, I have Frank, started. You are such a good guy when it comes to exercise. Oh, you, just, I know. Everybody's so just, yes. What's the word? <laughs> Highly uh, encouraged to Thank you. be active being around you with, because we take our Sierra Sill. Sierra Sill keeps us active, pain-free. It's, it's really designed for boomers who want freedom to maintain their favorite activities, like eye exercises, yeah. <laughs> gardening, dancing. See, that didn't hurt me a bit. No, I'm no. sure. And, um, yeah, kickboxing. There that you, does, are. you You know, you do that, and I know that hurts. So <laughs> Sierra Sill is available at many local health food stores. Most recently, you'll be able to find Sierra Sill at, the, at all the Good Health Mart locations. Good Health Mart locations. There's one in Hamilton, Woodbridge, Bramley, Guelph, Cambridge. There's two Burlington locations, Mississauga and Aurora. Or you can check them out on the web, sierrasill.ca, or give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here, saying hi 
to uh, somebody up there in Collingwood. Uh, um, no, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. That, that comes next. Ruth. Ruth. Uh, with a troublesome root. Is that right, Ruth? <laughs> Hello. Yes, uh, hi. Yes, now I can hear you. Yes, I have a small garden, a rock garden. Mm-hmm. And a, about two years now, a certain plant started to grow, like a it has uh, the root looks like a parsnip and the leaves look like geraniums and it has a little white flower and it kills everything in my rock garden just takes over it sounds like digging it all up and poison and i just can't get rid of it well that's it exactly um you will have to dig everything up and eliminate almost like sterilize the soil um eliminate What's in there? It sounds a bit like something called garlic mustard. Does it smell when you um, no, crush no, it? No, no, it has a little white flower. White flower. And it grow- It just creeps all over the place. Okay, and you said it looks like a geranium leaf. leaf. So it's a really low to the ground. Right, it grows tall and then it falls. Huh, and... The, the, are- the roots are so hard to pull yeah. up. Something that's obviously blew in at some point. You can say yes, that's right. <laughs> and uh, is a perennial, is surviving Comes every year. Mm. Yeah, and so you're ro- and so the plants that were in the rock garden have just been grown over by this plant. Right, everything's gone. Oh well. gosh, it was so beautiful. You know what? It's what I would do. Is the rock garden in any sunshine at all? Oh yes. Okay, so what I would do is I would get a very large tarp. Could be black plastic tarp. It could be any kind of a you know, like plastic is what you need. Darker is better, and I would spread that over the entire garden. So that's a big tarp, perhaps. Mm-hmm. and solidify all the, the edges down by piling soil all around the four sides of the tarp and have the sun beat down onto that dark plastic, heating up the soil below and killing what's in the rock garden. Oh, can I use garbage bags? The trick, you could, but it'd be, it's the, you just don't want any light to penetrate because if the light gets through the little nasties will will grow with the tiniest bit of light. Okay. So that's why a solid piece of plastic... Like a hardware store, you know. Is the, it, yeah, okay. is the way to go. Home now, Depot, whatever. If, if it's too expensive to get the dark color, you can even use the stuff that they use in, in house construction, which is the vapor barrier, okay. and that's just clear plastic. But either way, it's getting that seal over the soil, and the sun beats down, and it heats everything up, and it will literally bake that horrible weed to death. Uh, in so your when rock do garden. I do this? Well, when you can get, in the, get out in the spring. You know, when it's okay. safe to be out there clamoring around on the rocks okay. and the ground is thawed enough that you can get soil up and over all the four edges of I, the tarp. Okay. That's what I would do. I enjoyed finding out about sweet pea. I'm uh, going to go look them up. Good well, that's stuff. Good. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks Thank you for that. So Thank you much. so much, Ruth. Nice listening to you. Bye-bye. Oh, thanks for calling. And Bye-bye. Sarah, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Absolutely. And by golly, our time is just about up for today. It is. But you know what? There was one thing I mentioned to you. Our very first caller, who yes. very, you know, in a very good way, called twice today. So good for her, Eva. Eva. Thank you for that. She mentioned right off the bat that she um, had a question that she thought might have been asked in the last week or two, but she hasn't had a chance to be listening to the radio. And I thought Eva's a good example of somebody who, if if you miss the show, you don't have to really miss the show. We are podcast. You can re-listen to something you might have missed or you enjoyed and want to hear again through the am740.ca website. 
Just go to The Garden Show and there's all of our shows, podcasts. You just press listen now and you can hear on your computer. And they give or, you the dates and everything. Yeah, and the ones yeah. That, yeah. And there's a little description of the show. Also, we can be heard through iTunes. If you subscribe to iTunes, uh, there's no cost to get it uh, to subscribe and there's no cost for our show. Just search The Garden Show and we're there. All righty. I see Frank. Alan Gelman has dragged a couple of guys in off the street. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the riffraff is here. Yeah, the riffraff is here. <laughs> and Dave's Corner Garage will be on the air momentarily. Charlie's been fun. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.